This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 73, and um, I literally can't get anything else. I don't even know. That's not even the right way to say it. There's nowhere else I'd rather start than than Will Smith and Chris Rock with everything else going on in the Sabres world and how well they're playing and GM meetings going on this week and things we'll talk about there. Some other league-wide stories. I'm having a hard time with this one today. There's so many. There's That's the thing about social media, Craig, is that there's so much that's going on and said, and then it, you know, you, it, it skews your initial thoughts on everything. But anyway, good morning. Good morning. I feel the same way. I did not watch the Oscars last night. It's, uh, it's really not my thing. Um, but I'll tell you, it, uh, there is certainly an incident last night that, uh, you know, the first thing I think about is, wow, they're at the Oscars. They're, they're acting. They're, they're doing, uh, you know, they're doing a skit or, or, or something along the, those lines. But I don't think this is a skit. I think this is real. Once you start reading up on it and you, you look at, uh, um, you know, Will Smith and, and, and Chris Rock, who is presenting, you know, made a joke about uh, Jaden Pinkett Smith's hair or hair loss. Um, something about uh, can't wait for G.I. Jane to come out, which, you know, listen, I mean, it's uh, G.I. It, Jane too. G.I. Jane too, and it struck a chord. It was something that Will Smith did uh, certainly did not appreciate. And went well, at first, and, uh, at first he liked it. <laughs> at first he was laughing, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's on stage and he's he's slapping Chris Rock. Now she she is alopecia, which yes. is a, a a hair loss disorder, yeah. and um, and just recently shaved her hair with her daughter, right? I, I'm trying to make sense of all this here. Some people think this is staged. And then 10 minutes later, he goes up and wins an award for uh, Best Actor in King Richard, which I have not seen yet. And I'm- I just watched it uh, actually on Sunday with, uh, with my boys. And it's, 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 a great, uh, it's a great story. I mean, the, the Serena and uh, Venus Williams, uh, you know, what they had to go through, I think, maybe is a little bit, uh, you know, overbearing. But uh, two incredible uh, athletes that uh, going down in history in, in tennis, right? Yeah, so let's go back to last night. Um, okay, not okay, how he acted. I, I, I don't want to say that I'm torn because I, I think that that's okay, but I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I could go either way on this, to be honest with you. I need a little more time to let it not process, like I actually give a shit, like it's my life and I have to let my emotions kind of you know, settle before I can make a decision. Cause I mean, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just, just based on the opinion of the matter. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I've read a lot of comments about people online, even that have that suffer from alopecia. I've read comments online from people that have lost their hair to chemotherapy because of, you know, cancer treatment. And they, 
they were saying lighten up. It's just a joke. You know what I mean? Like, you know, why is he so sensitive about their, about her hair and all this stuff? And I, I don't know. I mean, just, you don't know how people feel about certain things. And it wasn't really until he saw her face that he decided to go up on stage and, and smack the guy. And I can't decide if this is legitimate or uh, staged simply because Chris Rock just kind of almost like walks to his place, leads with his chin with his hands behind his back. And then, you know, he seems awfully caught off guard. And to me, that is, that's what makes me think like, okay, this wasn't scripted because he seems so kind of, um, I don't want to say distraught. He did not seem himself. He, I think he was shocked. I think Chris Rock was completely shocked. He had just got slapped on live television. Um, which is something egregious. You can't go up and hit people. You can't hit people. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to keep this kind of hush hush, but it's damn near impossible. But I'm going to tell you right now, there, there has to be, you know, insane consequences for the actions of Will Smith. Why? Because in society, Petey, if you can go around and slap anybody as hard as you can in the face, then there's going to be a problem. Well, this isn't society. This is Hollywood. And Hollywood clearly has its own world going on there. So, I mean, what are you, what are you so talking no about? Rule, the rules don't apply in Hollywood? Is that what you're saying? Uh, have, what do you mean? So anybody the rules that goes don't apply to... in Hollywood. Clearly, the rules don't apply in Hollywood. There are, what, do you, what do you mean? Of course not. Now, this just happens to be, you know, on the grand stage. But, I mean, we're going to sit here and say that Hollywood lives by these high morals and values and ethics? Come on. Come on. So it's a comedian making a bad joke, bad timing. Uh, I, you know, I mean, some people say don't, don't, who cares? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, that's well, why I'm so I'm so torn know. about this because there are there are times you know you sit and you think there are times where you're like you know what that guy should get knocked the fuck out for that whatever that is whatever that is but I mean it's like no that's the prop that's the pro you say there should be major repercussions what are you talking about like people should be on on edge and live in fear of the fact that someone might snap and lay them out because you know what sometimes some people go a certain distance and it calls for that in my opinion well uh, i i don't know what world you're living in but there's no world that you can go and do that okay 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 now you're a cop i mean i i sit and i look i mean the guy made it if i'm gonna tell you something um if I were and married, I, I, I am not. If I some not. guy made a joke about my wife or girlfriend or someone I cared about and it was in bad taste and it was a medical condition, I don't know. I might have an issue with that. I, I've grown to let shit go. I've grown to just have thicker skin than I ever have. And Will Smith even referenced that in his, uh, in his acceptance speech. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking, no. Time and place, maybe the Oscars aren't the time and place, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
I'm not saying it's okay to go around and sucker someone. I'm not saying if you cut somebody off at a red light that you should get out of the car and go knock them out. I'm not saying if you flip somebody the bird because you guys are having a pissing match on a on this on the road about who has the right of way that it should end up in a fight. But do you say something about someone that someone cares about and they have a medical condition, whether it's I say just hair loss because it's not terminal cancer. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm in a way I'm kind of, I don't know the whole story, but I'm kind of okay with what Will Smith did. Okay. So I mean, you can just pick and choose is what you're trying to say. You can pick and choose when you want to slap someone or hit someone. Uh, can you pick and choose? I mean, I guess it's really up to the person who's about to, um, I guess, perform that act. I mean, it really comes down to whether they think it's worth it or not. If they're willing to suffer the consequences, clearly, um, Will Smith wasn't too worried about the consequences. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. And, and you know what? Doesn't I gotta be honest right. with you. Doesn't if I'm, if right. I'm sitting at dinner or if I'm at, if I'm somewhere and I'm on a date with a woman or my wife or whoever the case may be, and it's, um, you know, and she, she has, she's suffering from alopecia and she has hair loss and someone walks by and just makes a comment. You're fucking right. I'm going to stand up and say something. Absolutely. That's but just, you're not, but are you going to fit? I don't know yet. Thing? I don't there you know. Go. That's the like, question. What, I would stand up and say something also. But if you're going to physically do something like Will Smith did last night, I mean, you're you're going to have major consequences. Okay. Well, and maybe listen, people should I, watch like, their mouth. How about listen, that? I get it. I and, like and, watch and your mouth. The other side. Everyone's so protected by the law. We're so protected by everything. You know what? How about a little bit of risk? And it's like a little bit of unknown. Like you know what? Uh, am I going to get laid out for this? I don't know. Think before you act. Cause how do you know? Well, we're not in the 1800s where we're riding horses and, uh, you know, we're gunslingers. Okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you this with what I watched. I'm happy he did it. Cause I think it was distasteful. Okay. You do not know what Jaden uh, Pinkett Smith is going through. You don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You don't know the stress level that, that this situation has put her in, in life. We don't know that. We don't know a lot of things about a lot of people. Okay. And, and what was said last night, he's a comedian. Okay. Chris Rock is, is one of the comedians, one of the best comedians in, in the last 25 years. Okay, but he always is walking the line because that's what these comedians have to do in order to to get the ultimate laugh or the ultimate snicker. You have to go uh, and cross borders. This is something that was not tasteful. You know, everybody got a laugh out of it. But we don't know how that makes Jada Pickett Smith. We don't know how how she's dealing with this behind closed doors. Will Smith Maybe. was laughing. That's the, the that's the best part about all this is that he was laughing. She was not laughing, and then all of a sudden he ends up on on stage. So clearly, uh, clearly, I think he read off her her emotions, not not so much the joke. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, right? Well, he's I mean, not pressing only... charges. Chris Rock isn't pressing charges. So, 
I don't know if he has to. I don't know the laws. I don't know if the police can just say that was, you know, assault and they're going to press charges. But I think I think he has to actually press the charges. And I don't think he is from what I understand. But anyway, it's got the whole world talking. I mean, I, it's got the whole world talking. So, yeah. To me, it's if it, if this was a because the Oscars has taken an absolute beating in terms of uh, audience viewer audience over the years. So you wonder if maybe this was one of those stage kind of uh, you know moments where they could you know get their clicks and whatever, and so everyone will tune into the Oscars next year. I I don't know. All I'm saying is it's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it, and I don't I don't mind your opinion on it Riv like to be honest with you I don't mind that you're you're saying you can't go around doing that but you know what I, I'm it's it's funny it's so interesting we can't do that in society but we can do that in hockey yeah we can do it in hockey don't touch my teammate don't touch my teammate or I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you you know but in real life you want to criticize my wife's hairdo because she has a medical condition you know, but we're just, we're just supposed to be the bigger people. Just let it go. Just let it go. No, no, absolutely not. And, 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 in my opinion, last night, Jada Pinkett Smith was Will Smith's teammate. And Chris Rock took a shot at his teammate and he let him have it. And I, and you know what? I'm totally fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. I absolutely am. Read the room. Read the room. So right. that's that's where I stand on it. Okay. Do I condone I, violence? Yeah, obviously no. you do. You one hundred percent. No, I don't. No, I don't. You, I don't condone violence. I don't. I don't. No, I don't. What are you do talking I, about? Do I like you, bar fights? Do I want to hear about people getting in bar fights? Do I want to hear? Oh God! Get so what do you angry! Mean, oh God! About, you, that's Craig, the Craig, you don't have to, you don't have to get so mad. We're life. just we're just having no, no, a conversation about pop culture. No, 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 no! I sit here and I listen to you go on and on about how you know that was my wife and he was sitting there and he walked by. I get up there and I like God freaking smack him because that's what you need to do and this and that. And then all of a sudden, and the other side of your mouth, after all of this we just talked about for fifteen minutes, you basically say what? What? What did I say? You don't condone violence. <laughs> you just talk for 15 minutes that, or oh, I'd go up there and I'd smack him. I think uh, he absolutely needs to be smacked. And what happens, uh, you know, we're not talking about on the ice. We're talking about in society. There's rules. You can't go around hitting people if they say something to you. I think that if someone deserves a shot in the mouth, you should, you should get it. They should, they deserve a shot. But, in the mouth. but I don't condone violence. I, if it's someone's going around, if someone's going life. around looking for trouble, Craig, that's one thing. Okay. Right. I'm not sitting there going like, Oh yeah, let's see a fight. Cause two guys want to show, like show their brawn and they want to be like, let's, let's show everybody what we're all about. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, vindication. You know, I'm talking about, you know, like, uh, yeah, defending your wife, defending your girlfriend. Someone Getting back says at it. somebody. But you don't condone violence. 
So you go on and you tell me all of this. I said to you, you right off the start, I'm very say, torn. I'm very torn. I, I, I mean, I'm not torn. Listen, I would love, I, I, I think he should have punched him 20 times in the face with what he said about his wife. But you can't do it. But you can't do it. That's the whole point. You can't condone violence. Our society would be like, we'd be like Lord of the Flies. It, it's a, it's, it was not taken in the way that I think Chris Rock was meaning it to be taken. I think he was taking a shot, but I think it was something that he thought that he would get his laugh and everybody would move on. But it's obviously a very, very sore spot for that, that woman. And I felt bad for her. And you know what? Her husband did something that I think that you just can't do. Now, is every man out there sitting there going, you know what? Good for him. Good for him. No, it's actually quite torn. It's quite divided. There, there's, a, there's a split. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not uh, uh, 100% people are in favor of Chris Rock or 100% people are in favor of Will Smith. I, I'd say it's pretty divided. Yeah. The old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, obviously words do hurt people. Okay. And it's just, you know, again, I look at this and I don't think that Will Smith is in the right here, even though he was doing something that he feels is the utmost trying to stick up for his wife, because it was not something that she thought was, and we do not know how this woman is dealing with this situation, with this issue, okay? But you can't go around hitting people. You can't do it. This is, this is in society. People are, millions of people watch the Oscars. You're going to have millions and millions and millions more are going to watch this on social media. I'm going to be interested to see what happens or if they just sweep this right under the rug, like nothing happened. Well, something did happen. You had, you had a very large man walk up on stage in front of millions of people and physically assault another one. And as much as I'm sitting there saying, good for you, Will, good for you, it's not right. That's just my opinion. I understand what he's doing. I understand he's protecting his wife. It, is, it was not taken the way the comedian thought it was going to be received. That being said, you can't go around hitting people. You can't. And believe me, I would love nothing more than to do it. But you can't. Well, seeing that you lay down such a strong line on it, I mean, I guess we can't even have fun with a conversation. But well, what kind of fun do you want out of it? Well, I don't know. I didn't. I actually, I didn't realize it was going to be such a serious conversation. I mean, I actually thought that it was quite comical what occurred, and I don't blame him. And I thought Chris Rock deserved it, and I'm happy Will Smith did it. I mean, I, don't, I mean, how's that for a summary? Like it doesn't, it, does it bother me at all? Like what are we, what and, are we I, talking? and I agree with you. What are we, what are we talking about here? So, so, so you know what? So let's do this. So if someone can't stand up and defend them, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even, I'm not going down such a, yeah, yeah, because you can't, you don't have a leg to stand on in, in society. You cannot do what Will Smith did. You cannot do it. 
got people in this world that are getting arrested for a lot, a lot less than what Will Smith did uh, last night on live television in front of millions of people. And you got people that walk free for things that are a thousand times worse. I mean, like I, you know, that argument can be made and go, we can go back and forth on that one, like a merry-go-round. So, I mean, it's like, like, honestly, what's the big deal? You got two famous rich guys on stage. One made a bad joke about the other one. The other one slapped them. I mean, like, I don't understand what the problem is. What's, what's the problem? careful what you say simple as that be careful what you say your mouth can you want to know something you know your mouth can get you into trouble okay like it's it's amazing i i heard that my whole life your mouth can get you into trouble you watch it your mouth can get you into trouble whether it's with your parents whether it's with your buddies whether it's at school your mouth can get you into big trouble my mouth has gotten me into trouble i mean uh you know it's like i don't understand surprising Oh, okay. There, Mister Diplomatic. I mean, you know, but I just I sit and it's like I don't understand why we're so heated about this. We're I think not. this is for me. For me, I think this is I think this is absolutely perfect because I think more people should be aware of what they say. I really do. That's how I feel. I think more people should be aware of what they say because some well, people you know out there uh, again should get laid out. Yeah. Laid out. And there's been a lot of uh, people over the years, hosts of whether it's the Oscars or, you know, Golden Globes or whatever the heck you're watching. There has been people that have gone up on stage that have said, said far worse, far worse that are shocking, shocking things, okay? This one in particular did not go over well. You clearly have a, a woman that is um, trying to deal with her medical situation and, and, and quite frankly, um, was not okay with what, what was said. She doesn't want to be the, the brunt of the joke after she's dealing with something that's obviously very emotional for her. And I don't, you know, I look at what Will did, what Will Smith did, you know, I mean, he did what he, he did what he felt was right. And, uh, I don't condone it. I don't think it's the right thing to do, but (laughs) I probably would have done the same thing. I hate to say it probably would have done the same thing. And I would have had to deal with the consequences. Okay. And, and for me right now, it's just something that I don't think that, uh, Certainly when you have millions and millions of people watching this, I think everybody sat back last night, sitting there thinking to myself, these guys are the greatest actors in the world. Are they all acting? So no one, no one even was blinking an eye over this. I don't know. I, I, I see that. And if I were to show that to my son, which I wouldn't, cause he's only, he'll be nine next week. But I mean, if I were to show that to my son, you know what the message I would say to him is? You know what message I would give him? Watch your mouth. Watch how you speak to somebody. Be polite to everybody. Treat everybody the same. Don't be disrespectful. Don't make fun of somebody's medical condition. Don't make fun of somebody if they look funny. Because you might get laid out. 
And that should be a message that a lot of kids get and a lot of people get because, you know, all Chris Rock is, is he just gets a little bit more rope, a little bit of a longer leash to go and make, make jokes and get away with it. Cause he's a comedian and it's funny. Well, guess what? Some things aren't funny. And that, that wasn't funny. Was it, did I find it funny until I knew about her medical condition? I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. But then I found out about her medical condition and it made a lot more sense. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, I understand why, uh, uh, little Willie from Philly went and did what he did. It's a fresh Prince of Bel-Air reference, by the way, but all, all this, all I'm saying to you. So I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Anyway, let's move on. I, I, I respect what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Cause I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you. Um, well, let's just look at it this way. If Jack Eichel were to walk up to you in public, if he saw you one day this summer and, and lay a fist, you know, I mean, people would probably say he has every right to, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, the thing okay. is, I would hate to see the outcome of that if someone <laughs> did put their hand on me. <laughs> I know you're like a rabid dog. Well, anyway, Interesting topic to start the day. I didn't see it going that way. Yeah, but I, neither did I, but I uh I don't think anyway, I've ever, I was, don't think I've ever a hell wanted of an actor in uh King uh, King Richard. If you I don't think I've ever movie. wanted to lay you out more than I do right now. Oh, sure. Um you say that every day. It's I like think, every day you say that. And it escalates every day. So today more than yesterday. Okay. GM meetings this week. Elliot Friedman was going to join us today, but the GM meetings are taking taking part. But I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, nice weekend by the Buffalo Sabers. Two losses, but at least they were respectable. Very much so. Are you and able you know to recover thinking? after last conversation? Uh, listen. I think as as uh, anybody who's a, a fan of the Buffalo Sabers. You have to be pretty. You have to be pretty damn happy with what you've seen in the last month, or 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 plus. Okay, this team has uh, really played some fantastic hockey. You know, a couple great, huge emotional wins against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. One in the outdoor game. Played a very very strong Minnesota Wild team with a big win. Had probably the bit most emotional win of the entire season with Jack Eichel coming back to town. And uh, the Buffalo Sabres getting a, an emotional win there. Um, you know, moving on to, you know, the, a, a very, very, very difficult outing out West. We've done that for years, right? Gone out West for those uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver games. They're always so tough. But they came up big with a, with a massive win in game two out West uh, against uh, the Calgary flames, who who's basically on fire at home right now. They beat them one, nothing beat, uh, beat Vancouver came back to, to town, which I thought it was going to be a letdown game. They ended up beating the Pittsburgh penguins. I'm just like, what the hell is going on with this hockey team? And then the last two games they played, uh, you know, a very, very strong team in Washington Capitals. They lose in a shootout and then they lose in overtime against the Rangers, but they're right there battling. And you know what I was thinking? Know what I was thinking last night when I was watching this game? Ask me. What were you thinking last night when you were watching this game? This is what I was thinking. I thought you were going to say, great question. 
Great question, Andrew. This is what I was thinking. As I'm watching this team go down two goals, it felt like within the first 10 seconds of the game, they're down two nothing. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to lose this seven nothing in, in, uh, in the big market, eh? in, in Madison Square Gardens. And then all of a sudden, they just keep relentlessly pushing. They never quit. They never stop. They never keep going. Are they make are, are, are players on the team making mistakes? Yes. Are players on the team that are playing in the lineup right now, are they going to be here next year? Hell no. But their core on this team is absolutely fantastic. Okay. And I was thinking as I started to move further through the game and Sabres got up three, two, and I'm like, holy jumping, what is going on here? This team never quits. They never stop. And I'm, I'm thinking, is this the time? And I've been, more critical of the Sabres and all the crap that I've seen in the last number of years, right? We've both been like this, but is this the time for the fans of Buffalo to start to support this team? Is this the time to, for our fan base? Because I went to the game the other night, um, they played uh, Washington and there is a lot more fans in the stands, okay, than what we saw at the start of the year because the fans were pissed off. They're just furious. They're like, this is horse shit. I don't want to go to the game. You know, the, everything is crap. And, and they showed everybody, they showed everybody in this organization that they're super pissed off. And that's why they have the lowest, lowest attendance in the league because Sabres fans are insanely off the chart passionate. This is a massive hockey city, massive. And you're starting to see that the fans realize how good this team is, how good Rasmus Dahlins have has come. You got Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs coming in. Jeff Skinner's like, you know, revived, revitalized his game. You got Cage Thompson, Casey Middlestad's playing well, Dylan Cousins, and you just keep going on and on. And my thought, was right now, as I was watching the game last night, I really hope that the fan base here in Buffalo sees how hard these young men are working. Now, I don't think they're, I, I, I still don't think they'll be there until next year. You know, you really? talked about, well, I think that slowly There's they'll a start month to come. and a half in the season. There's a I, month and a half in the season. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I would love nothing more than to see this fan base show these young men and show them what like Buffalo. Yeah, I, I know, but I just, I wonder sometimes if maybe they just look and they're like, well, the games don't mean anything. And I, and I'm not trying to take away cause we're seeing good things and they're beating good teams. They're beating teams that are in, you know, playoff spots and, and, and that's huge. Right. But yep. or not even, they're not even beating teams. I mean, they, they lost to the Rangers, but they gave them a push. They lost to the Capitals, but they gave them a push. You know, they beat the Penguins and maybe even might have woken them up after they smacked around uh, Detroit yesterday, 11 to 2. But um, I don't know. I just sit and I think, you know, I, I think these fans are, are, yeah, we've all talked about like, you know, good games in March and April and stuff like that. But I don't, I just don't, unless they're doing it at the start of a year, has to be at the start of the season when, you know, they're like, I would, I think, I think fans will pay attention to maybe how the team finishes here in the last, what, 15 games. 
Well, the last, so, uh, how many, how many, um, how many marches in the last 10 years have the Sabres played, you know, above average hockey or even a, a winning record in, in, in March in the last 10 years, 10 years, probably zero, zero, zero. There's been zero opportunities, zero times. The team has sucked something fierce for 10 years Every single year at the end of the year, they just, I mean, they trade away players. The the team is horseshit. It's one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League. And we just like basically ride our horse into the pasture and we we go through the next five months of trying to figure shit out, which they've never figured shit out because, you know, they just haven't done a good job. Well, at what point as a fan do you kind of say, I'm really liking what I see from this group that is playing for us. They're wearing that logo for the city of Buffalo. They're wearing that logo to basically say, listen, I mean, we're here for you. Okay. I would, I would, I would like to see the fan base show this team how much they appreciate. And maybe, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this podcast and they'd be like, shut the fuck up, Reve. Like you, you have no idea. Like we've been dealing with this shit for 10 years, but here's the thing. This is the first time in 10 years that we can all sit back and appreciate the style of hockey that we're getting from our team. We are starting to see, we're all starting to see the things that are starting to come together. You referenced a play last night about Darlene, you know, where it was an offensive play, but I mean, there was a play in the, I think it was the, either the second later in the second or even third period where uh, Rangers were coming down on, on him. It had to have been the second period and Darlene steps up on the guy, angles him into the boards and then body checks him. Right. And I mean, it's not like we haven't seen that before, but I, I just, for me, those are the types of plays from Rasmus Dahlin that I'm, I'm looking for. I get all the offensive stuff. He's a, he's a, he's an incredibly gifted offensive talent, but the area of his game that needs the most work is, is the defensive side of the puck. And I think there's been major growth there. I mean, it's, it's been nice to see him be yeah. more aggressive. It's been nice to see him, be more physical. I mean, I go all the way back to that night in Philadelphia a few years ago where he got punched in the mouth and, and no one did anything and he didn't even do anything. And it just, he kind of, he kind of, he was also like, I I understand. Yes. I I understand that. I understand that. And I'm factoring in the growth here. That's someone should have killed that guy that uh, punched him in the mouth. Like, I mean, it should have been, forget about the score, forget about the game. You will never, you're going to learn something here today. You will never do this to one of our top players. Kind and of there like was, what Will there was Smith literally did no last pushback. night when he said, you're not doing, you're not speaking that way about my wife. Carry on. But you can't do that in public. Go on. Yeah. But you can do it in a hockey game. Well, listen, I mean, uh, I love boxing, but listen, I, I don't think they should hit each other because that would be violent. Right. <laughs> anyway, I really like what I, what I've seen from this team. I really like, you know, the, uh, Tage Thompson and his game and, and where he's come and super humble brag here. But I told everybody a couple years ago that we just needed to wait for this kid. Cause he's got world-class 
skill set, talent. That's the reason why at a very young age, he was playing for the national development team. These are the top, these are the top players that all funnel together at, uh, at a very young age, like 16, 17, 18. Tage Thompson was on that team. And that shows that he is one of the top players in, in the United States. And right now it just need, he needed to develop into that six foot seven frame needed to get bigger and stronger. Um, is he going to be a centerman for you all like for the rest of his NHL career? It's a great question. Uh, I would probably say yes. I, I, you know, with, with the experiment, cause I, I kind of think it, you know, Don Granado was just thinking outside the box. He was completely thinking outside the box. Tate Thompson hasn't played center in, in many, many, many years. Okay. But giving him an opportunity to do something different to see how he would, would handle it. I think Tage Thompson's done a fantastic job this year playing center. So I wouldn't see why we would need to change that. So I would keep him there. Like how many teams have a six foot seven center that can skate has skills and that can score and that defensively he's, he's strong. He's like, I mean, Tage Thompson's 24 years old. He hasn't played center in a long time. He's done it this year. I would keep him there. He's got what? Almost 50 points. He's got, he's going to, he's going to score 30 goals this year, which is like us looking back at Tage Thompson. When, when the Ryan O'Reilly trade happened and Ryan O'Reilly out of nowhere, pulled a con Smythe out of his ass and a Selkie and a Stanley cup. It makes it look like, you know, we're, we can't win this deal. From dead last on January 2nd, by the way. Exactly. It was like the most storied, you know, comeback I've ever seen in, in, you know, forever. I mean, St. Louis is, was in dead last in January 1st. They ended up making the playoffs and won the Stanley cup. Ryan O'Reilly wins the con Smythe wins the Selkie trophy and, and the Stanley cup. The trade's dead. Everybody thinks that we can't we can't win this trade. Not that we're looking to win a trade, but Paige Thompson, if he plays at the level that he is playing at and even actually has an opportunity to improve and escalate where he's from, and he does that for the next six, seven years in 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 uh Buffalo, we're gonna look back on the trade. And we're going to sit there and probably say this trade could be even or even in the Sabres favor. Would you not think? Uh, I, I, unless they win a Stanley cup. No. I mean, the ultimate happened for St. Louis. I mean, there are teams that will risk everything. They were already a pretty stacked team though. Yeah. They had a lot of great players. They were just underachieving like crazy. Yeah. I can't remember that year exactly, but I don't, I don't know that everybody was saying after the deal that St. Louis were Stanley cup favorites. I mean, I know they made other moves that year as well. Hard to say that when they're in last. <laughs> well, even, even, uh, even when the trade happened, did the trade not happen in the off season? I can't remember when the trade happened. I thought it happened in the off season to go back I, and double. I think I, it did. Yes. I, I like, I'm pretty happen. sure O'Reilly said what he said at the end of the year. And then, because I remember the Pagula were in a situation that they, I, I had heard that they wanted, they wanted him traded before 
July 1st, because then they would have had to given, given, they would have had to pay him seven and a half million dollars or $7 million in a signing bonus. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's right. So they wanted him moved before they had to pay that, that signing bonus fee. So, um, it'll be interesting. Sabres in Chicago tonight. And I mean, obviously that's, that game doesn't have any repercussions in the standings whatsoever, but I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to see them, you know, continue on, on a positive stretch. Can you call it positive after a couple of losses? I mean, I guess you can when you're, yes, absolutely. When you're taking I the think Rangers you're still right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, so they're in Chicago and we get to see Pat Kane tonight who, you know, obviously has just been absolutely incredible his whole career, but you know, I mean, he's having another unreal year statistically. And I just wonder, are we going to see Kane and Taves both back in Chicago next year? Like, well, you have, uh, Kane was asked the question on national television, who will, who will be traded first Kane or Taves? He was asked that. And then, you know, he gave the very diplomatic answer of, you know, well, you know, we both love to finish our careers here with the Hawks and whatever, but, It'll be interesting this off season. That's for sure. Something you have to think about too. Um, Jonathan Taze will not be traded. There's zero chance. Um, Makes ten and a half million dollars. He's got one year left, so he's got next year. Both, both Patrick are they in Kane, the same spot contractually? Yes. So this year they made ten and a half million. Next year they they're both have one year left at 10 and a half million. If you wanted to pay trade Patrick Kane right now for 10 and a half million, there would be literally 10, 15 teams in the league that would be interested in acquiring that 10 and a half million dollar salary and not even looking back at it and saying, this is the greatest thing ever. Jonathan Taves right now was out one full calendar year. He is not anywhere near to being back to what he was playing, you know, years ago. Um, you know, 55 games this year, he has nine goals and uh, 28 points minus seven. He's playing, but he is not Jonathan Taves. And I don't think that there's very many teams in the National Hockey League right now that would look at Jonathan Taves at $10.5 million dollars and be interested in that. Here's the reason why they might be though, because both he and Kane are only 6.9 million in, in salary. So it's like, it's like 3.6 million less uh, than the actual cap hit. So you're really taking on the cap hit and you're paying $7 million in cash. And if you split that with a team, you know, you might, you might be able to get something for him. I don't know. Obviously Patrick Kane would be in higher demand because he's, I think he's got more game left, but I don't know why the Hawks just wouldn't move on from both of them and just shed them both this off season and start over. Or do you think they, they live and die as Hawks. They finish and start as Blackhawks. (laughs) So when you say, uh, you know, look at, uh, I think uh, Patrick Kane uh, is still has more game in him. More game. He's got 78 points right now. In sixty-two games, yeah, and I and I wonder if I wonder if Taves is like one year away from wrapping it up. Uh, uh, Very, very, very possible. 
He's already won three Stanley Cups, okay? He's already won an Olympic gold medal. He's won world championships. World juniors, he's done it all. He literally has won everything. He's had an incredible career. He's made a tremendous amount of money. He stayed out one full calendar year. No one really kind of knows exactly why he was out for that uh, full calendar year. Um, But that's only for him to know. But I'll say this. He's 33 years old. He's going to be turning 34. He'll play one more year with the Blackhawks, possibly someplace else, maybe at, at a deadline if they if they choose to trade Jonathan Taves to a Stanley Cup contender next year. And I could see Jonathan Taves packing it in. He's going to be 34 turning 35. He's had a fantastic career. He's, he, you know, he's come into, he came into the league when he was 18 years old. He's played a tremendous, tremendous, uh, long time. He's over almost 1100 games in the league or, or close to that. I think a thousand games in the league, but I could see him packing it in. I could see him packing it in. I could definitely see him packing it. And out of respect for Jonathan Taves, does the Chicago Blackhawks bite the bullet, not trade Jonathan Taves and have him retire as a Chicago Blackhawk? Or are they in that situation that they are in a rebuild? They are in a transition. They're working to add on to what they have. Um, do you trade? Do you trade those two guys? What would you get for those two guys? That's that's the magical question. I, I don't know what you'd get for them. I'm more in favor. I'm more. Uh, I'm more led to believe that Taves would finish a hawk, and Kane would be traded somewhere because I think, like I said to you, they're not going to keep him around just to keep him around and, and make a salary there for the next few years. I think they'd like to try to get something for him. To be honest with you, and why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't he want to play? Why would he not want to come to Buffalo? Why wouldn't Patrick Kane want to come to Buffalo? Tell me that. He knows Kevin Adams, knows him very well. Okay. So why would he not want to come to Buffalo? He's done everything. Why? I don't know. I just, well, there's something story about that. Would, would Patrick Kane like to come to Buffalo and have the opportunity to play with a Tage Thompson in a, in a, he play? I'm pretty sure he plays right though. He's a left-handed shot, but he plays on the right side, right? Yes. So you're seeing the issue there with Kane. Why can't he play on the, why can't he play with Krebs? Play with Krebs and, and find a, find a nice. Who's the centerman? Well, isn't Krebs a centerman? Krebs, Krebs was drafted as a centerman. Yeah. He's a, he's a centerman, but so is Casey Middlestad. And so, so is Dylan cousins. Well, maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, maybe one of you have to use maybe one of those players to get Patrick Kane. Maybe you have to use a Casey Middlestad plus other things in order to get your Patrick Kane. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, but yeah, Peyton Krebs was definitely drafted as a centerman. That's one thing for sure that I can that I can tell you. Um, GM meetings. Elliot texted us today. We asked him like, "What are some of the big things on the agenda?" Long term IR. Long term IR Nikita Kucherov. Long term IR uh Chicago Blackhawks and uh who's the guy that retired with the skin condition? Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa. 
long-term IR Vegas Golden Knights. Mark you know, Stone. Evgeny Dadanov. You know, um, Ryan Kessler's contract. Like, this is a serious conversation. This is one that needs to be had, and they're going to be having it this week at the GM meetings. Officiating. Officiating. Absolutely dog shit in the really? NHL. The, offic- the officiating no, is absolutely no, no, atrocious. No, no, they're not. And no trade clauses. Don't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't no. say that. I, I don't Star listen, players need, get mauled and there's there are no calls. Who's getting I mean, mauled? Who's getting mauled? Everybody gets mauled. Nobody's Every, getting mauled. You can't touch anybody in this game anymore. No one's getting mauled. I don't know what you're talking about. The the, the referees are not shit. Do, do referees have off nights? Yes. Okay. Do you have an off night when, when you played? Yes. Does a person going to work, you know, five days a week, you know, every, every week of the, the month, are you going to have a bad day? Yes, you are just like the officials. So don't shit on them for making bad plays. Now, when they do make bad plays, it's great for us because we get to sit there and analyze it sitting in our nice comfy uh, couches at home and, and uh, you know, have a nice hot coffee and, 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 and sit there and, and tear them apart. But I think the, the officiating has been solid. I think you're I think you're completely lost right now. Like for example, did you see Austin Matthews get tripped the other night against Montreal and then Montreal comes down and scores? He has the puck. Okay. Gets tripped. Literally like can opened right right in front of the referee. Montreal skates down and scores. It's I mean it's like Okay. okay. Those are and the what calls. I'll say those this. are the ones you're supposed to make. Okay. So, but listen, it wasn't made. Okay. The referees are not robots. They are not eyes in the sky that are, are robotic. They're human. Humans make errors. Suck it up, buttercup, because the, the, the time that Austin Matthews got tripped, toe-picked, whatever, the call wasn't made, Muncher goes down and scores, boom, shakalaka, Habs fan are, are, are raging in the, in the streets of uh, St. Catharines, or... Uh, you know, St. Laurent, but you know, as well as I do that it's happening to Montreal too. Same things happening to Montreal. There are nights where there has been missed calls and it happens to them and you know, it's unfortunate, but it's hockey. The, the refs are doing a great job. They're doing a great job. I do believe that they have an extremely difficult time, harder than it's ever been before. And you know why? Because the game's so damn fast. These kids are absolutely bottle rockets. They're flying. And and do I want to see power play after power play after power play. I don't, I want to see five on five hockey. I want to see hard nose five on five hockey. And that's, and that's what we're seeing. I, I, I believe that, but I, I, I honestly, I can see where you're coming from, how you don't like some, I, you know what I want to see? I want to see an official up top. I want, I want to see, uh, uh, somebody uh, like, you know, an eye in the sky that, you know, I don't know if the, the referee has like something in his ear or whatever. And, and he's just like, look, you got yes. a, okay. you got a two minute hook on behind the, behind the play on player X and the ref turns around and is like done. You know, maybe they go look at it on video. Maybe the coach has to see it, but it's like, you know, there, there's so much missed. 
that if the refs are having an issue with seeing the game on the ice, yeah. then why don't you put somebody up in at center ice in the press box and they can, uh, they can be watching the game as well because it, then you'll see everything. You're not like the, the human element of, of this game. Let's not talk about human element. Cause human, there is, you can't have human element in certain regards, but not others. I mean, it's well, like, what are, uh, what certain regards? Am well, I? we have, uh, we have video replay for goals. Was there goalie interference? Was there not? Did the puck that's not cross a human element? That's a that's, that's a bloody freaking. Uh, but that that would be considered human error. Like if the ref calls it a goal and thinks he sees it over the line and it's not over the line and yeah, you know, there's no video replay. That's human error. I mean, okay, so but we don't so, have. That's not a human error. That's that's a a call being made. Then they go to the video, which is not human. That's a computer, and they're getting it right. That's why they want they want to get things right on those offsides and goals that are being scored. The offsides. That's a, that's another one. That would be human error. That would be human error. If a ref, if the linesman misses the play by, because it's literally a millimeter. Yes. That would come down to human error. Okay. You know, it's like, and, and, and so you can't, but, we're, have, but listen, we're taking away the human error there. We're taking away the human error. You're eliminating a, human error. Yes, you are. So okay. do it for the, so either do it full out for the entirety of the game or don't do it at all. Like pick your, pick your poison here. You know, do you want to stop the game for an offside for six minutes because we want more goals or do you want the power plays that, and the penalties that are called that could lead to more scoring as well? I mean, like, what are, what are we trying to do here? I don't need more scoring in the game. I, I mean, you look at these games that are being played right now. It's like insane. Like oh, great example, Pittsburgh Penguins scored 11 goals last night. They beat the Detroit Red Wings 11 to two. When's the last time you've seen a team score 11 goals in a game? I, I don't remember. I know Toronto put up 10 on Detroit this year, but I don't know the last like, time did, I've seen 11. Do you remember the game with, um, with uh, Patrick Waugh? where he basically waved uh, waved to the fans because they were like booing him because he had let in like an ungodly amount of goal. Mario that's Tremblay. The, is that the night that he walked pull. off? Yes. That's the night he walked off, but he had let in. They kept him in there. And he was furious beyond furious that they did not pull him to relieve him because he was the starter and he maybe it just wasn't his night. He needed a break. You can put red light Rasco in there, but there was 10 goals scored in that game. And I'm going to tell you, there's, there's not a lot of games that I can remember that there's been 11 goals scored in today's game. I feel like, like we put up 11 one night when I played here, I can't remember against LA might've been 11, might've been 10. I think it was 10, four or 11, four. But I can't remember. I cannot remember the last time I've seen 11 goals. But if you look around the scores last night, like nine goals in the Sabres game, five in the Lightning Islanders game, 13 nine in the Philadelphia Nashville game. Yeah. Five in the Avs Wild. You only had three in the Jets Coyotes. You had seven in Panthers Florida or Panthers Leafs. Yep. And you had five in the Devils and Canadians. Those are scoring is scoring definitely. Is I mean, bad. every. Every oh, yeah. night you look, yeah, 
you know, even if you go back to Saturday night, nine goals in the Hawks Knights game, nine goals in the Islanders Bruins. You had three in the lightning red wings, five in the Canucks stars, six in Leafs Canadians, seven in Panthers senators, seven in devil's capitals, nine in hurricanes blues, five blue jackets, wild 14 in the battle of Alberta flames beat the Oilers nine, five. Yeah. Kings, Four two over the Kraken and uh, four one Ducks Sharks. It's insane. It's a lot of goals. scoring is up tenfold. Like for an example, like like I bet on the I bet on the over for Colorado Minnesota. Both these two teams are scoring goals like crazy this year. It's 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 it was almost it was a damn guarantee. <laughs> there's, there's there's zero zero there's zero zero with f- like five minutes what was the line? six six and a half it was six and a half i yeah. took the over i'm like yeah. these two teams are two of the highest scoring teams in the national hockey league it's going to be a shootout it's zero zero with five minutes left in the game the game ended three to two I think it's all in the Leafs, man. You got if you're if you're taking overs, you gotta go you with gotta the, take the Leafs. You gotta <laughs> take the Leafs. You gotta. Four two yeah. loss to Montreal, three two win against New Jersey, six three Nashville, three two Carolina. Ah, they've been they haven't really covered their overs, but you know what? I mean, for they they were rolling there for for quite a while. Long term injury reserve. Um this is one that I think needs to be changed, Riv. The uh, the Kucherov situation last yep. year, it's like, you know, you win, a, yep. you win a Stanley Cup, 18 million over the cap. You know, you look yep. at what's going on with Las Vegas right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing as if they don't even have a salary cap, you know, pretending like the league doesn't have one, you know, with the Dadanov trade and taking on Kessler and adding money to long-term IR so you can bring guys off long-term IR. It's like it's, it's a complete shit show. Yeah. And I don't know how they're going to fix this. I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to Well, that's fix why this. the brains are all in Florida right now. They're all at the GM meetings. Um, but, uh, you know, Elliot did say that uh, the, the, the topics are, are the long-term IR. And, I mean, when you, when you have – do you remember Nikita Kucherov? It didn't help things out where he's uh, – the, the Tampa Bay Lightning last year were $18 million over the salary cap. And yeah. he's walking around with t-shirts that say 18 million over the cap. Yes. That's not good. That's like flaunting it in all of the GMs and owners faces of other teams that are doing their best to try and win a Stanley cup. And this, this guy is out the entire year. He's a top five player in the national hockey league. Okay. He's out the entire year, comes back for the playoffs and absolutely shreds it was on fire from the, the, the minute he stepped on the ice in, in the playoffs last year. And the other thing is he was practicing on the ice skating for well over a month. They knew that they could have put him on the ice. They knew that they could have probably got him back into the lineup and had him play some games, but they, they could not, they, they, financially salary cap wise could not put him back on the ice because of the salary cap. It's an absolute joke. 
It's an absolute joke how these teams get away with this shit, to be honest with you. It's genius. Well, listen, I mean, it's genius no that rule. they can figure it out. Uh, that's exactly it. And and you know why there's no rule? Because in my in my honest opinion, you have you have some of the smartest oh people God. in in business and and dealing with these numbers, handling the collective bargaining agreement and the salary cap. And you're telling me that these loopholes weren't closed, or were they left open intentionally for teams to discover? That's what I wonder sometimes. Like, don't make it such a hard hard cap because we're gonna have financial chaos. Yeah. You know, but if you structure it this way and a guy like it is, it's a, it's, it's a juggling act sometimes with roster moves and IR moves to, to a degree where it's like, you're sitting there and you're thinking no one even pays any attention to it anymore. It's so confusing. Julian Breezebois, Julian Breezebois, the uh, general manager for the Tampa Bay lightning is a genius. He's a cap genius because I remember him from when he was in Montreal, he was uh, the assistant GM when I was playing for the Montreal Canadiens, they hired this guy literally right out of law school. Apparently he was a numbers genius. Okay. Didn't see him very often behind the scenes, but he crunched the numbers and found ways to manipulate the salary cap. And he's doing it now. Like I'm just, I'm sitting here right now. Nikita Kucherov last year in 2020, 2021 did not play a game. He had to have surgery. He was out the entire year. Meanwhile, he was practicing for well over a month where he probably could have come back to actually play some games, but they couldn't get him into the lineup because of the salary cap. His points in the playoffs last year, Petey, did you see these? Who, he had who's 32 that? points, Nikita Kucherov. He yeah. had 32 points in 23 games. Didn't play a game the whole year. Just walked right into the playoffs. Boom, shakalaka, dominated. Second Stanley Cup, not a big deal. That's an issue. They're going to have to fix that. They're going to have to fix the long term. I know they're talking about it. The other thing, this is interesting. As a player, as two players going back, this is something that we would not want to give up. And nor did we have this, but the no trade clauses. Get rid of them all. I think you should absolutely get rid of them all. If it would be so much better for this game today, listen, if, if players are going to have guaranteed contracts, then there should be no, no trade clauses. They're handcuffing every bloody team in the league. They're handcuffing all of them. I think if you, if these young men are getting paid and they're getting their guaranteed money, I think that you should be able to do whatever the hell you want with that player because you might sign player A and have a thought in your mind in a certain year. And then two years later, you have to reevaluate, but you might have like three more years on this guy's deal. Move them. I think it would be so much better for the league if these guys didn't have no movement clauses. Oh, you can't trade the guy? Nope, can't trade him. Then you got another player. Well, I'm only going to, you can only trade me to six teams. So the agent of the player goes and looks at six teams that fit financially cannot take on the player. So you can't move them. 
I think, yeah, I think it's complete bullshit. Like I'm looking at dad and off and I'm thinking like, how does this guy have a no move clause? How is this guy able to disrupt so much? Like team doesn't want you. Bye-bye. Simple as that. Like it's, it's exactly what you just said. It just creates all these issues. What would trade deadline look like if these no move clauses um, didn't exist? Didn't exist. It would be, it would be another level. It would be another level of trade deadline. I think it would be incredible. I think it would be. Absolutely. Players are getting paid uh, a lot of money right now, and. I think if you're making those guaranteed contracts, I don't think that you should have a no movement clause. That's just my opinion. So uh, I, I don't know if you heard about Jack Campbell in Toronto, but apparently he was pretty upset or there was conversation. Sorry, I shouldn't put words in his mouth. There was conversation about the fact that, um, you know, he should be or could be potentially upset because the Leafs were looking at bringing in Marc-Andre Fleury, Right. Yeah, and I sit there and I was watching uh, Elliot on um, on Hockey Night in Canada, and then their panel there. They were talking about Jack Campbell and uh, you know how he you know he's upset or could be upset about the, you know the fact that it got out that the Leafs were shopping for Flurry. I don't understand that. You're either you're either confident in your ability to do the job and confident with another guy like Flurry coming in to, to back you up to help you win, or you're you're just selfish. Is that how, is that how I'm, that I, am I reading that wrong? Like, should, should Jack Campbell be disappointed or pissed off with the Leafs that they were trying to, to upgrade their, not upgrade maybe him, but just bolster their goaltending going into the playoffs? Well, Mrazic, the Mrazic experiment in Toronto did not go as planned. Okay. He's a really good goalie. Peter Morazic has shown in this league that he can be a very strong goaltender for, for many, many, many years. He had a horrible stint when Campbell went down due to injury. Okay. Morazic stepped in, played a lot of these games and he struggled. Like, I mean, struggled to the point where, you know, games were being lost because really soft goals were going in. And, the Toronto Maple Leafs look at their team this year that they have all the offense in the world to go out and, and, and be successful. They needed to secure more on the back end because you're going to have Muzzin that's eventually going to come back, who's going to be a huge, huge addition for their team moving into the playoffs. But they went and picked up um, our boy from uh, Seattle. Giordano. Giordano. And he was a fantastic pickup. At the same time, you have to address your goaltenders. You had um, Jack Campbell, who at the time, how many games was he out for injured, Petey? Do you know? I don't know. He was out for a stint that he he was injured. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't even playing his best hockey at the time. Morazic was struggling, I mean, immensely. And if you're, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, why wouldn't you be making phone calls to see if you can shore up a, another top-end goaltender? Why wouldn't you do that? 
That's what I thought it was all about. And I didn't think that flurry would be going in there to be the starter. You know what I mean? Like he, I thought he would just be there to be like uh, a nice. Why, why wouldn't he be the starter? Why wouldn't Jack Campbell is Jack Campbell that good in this league? Has he shown that much? Yes. He went to the all-star game. Yes. I know that, but has he shown that much right now that Jack Campbell can handle the big stage? No, and that's why I thought Flurry would have been a nice, a nice little calming influence. Like, hey, if uh, you know, odds are they probably would have been called Soupy, right? He's probably Soupy. So, well, probably Jack Campbell would have got the net first, and then if 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 he is not performing, then you have Mark Andre Flurry to turn to, who's won three Stanley Cups. He's a veteran player. You know, he can calm things down. Maybe when we don't know that for certain that he's got more game in the playoffs going forward but it certainly wouldn't hurt to try. I just didn't, I, I was just disagreeing with the standpoint of, you know, why would Jack Campbell be so pissed off that they tried to go and get Marc-Andre Fleury to help them win a Stanley cup. I mean, to me, to me, that just like, if that's the case, I just, I sit and I look and I question the ego. I mean, I get it. Goalies want to be the, 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 the guy, but at the grand scheme of things, like, why would you be pissed off? I just don't get it. Why would you be pissed off if uh, your team goes and brings in a guy to 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 maybe make things better? I just didn't quite understand that, but I guess I can kind of understand that from from the standpoint of it's the ego side of it. Yeah, competition. It's competition. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's you know you have a a relatively unproven goaltender in in Campbell that. And what I mean by unproven is, yes, he's been in the league for a number of years and he's had uh, a cup of coffee in a few different places. And he's played, he's played actually quite well at times in, uh, in Toronto. But I don't think that he should be thinking in his mind that he's untouchable. He hasn't shown anything. Marc-Andre Fleury has won multiple Stanley Cups. He's been an incredible, incredible player in this league for a very long time. I think it would be an asset. Um, But I can understand how Jack Campbell would feel that he doesn't want competition. He wants to be able to, like, he's coming off a a contract year, okay? He's making $1.65 million. He's got to sign a contract. He's 30 years old. He doesn't want competition. He doesn't want someone taking his limelight. So I can understand it as a player. Not a big deal, though. Okay. All right. I, I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting perspective. You know, I want to bring one more one more thing up before we, we get going here. I was talking with uh, a buddy of mine. And uh, we were talking about, you know, should NHL teams have individual caps based on tax brackets? Right now, the league is not playing on an even playing field, okay? You have small market teams. You have big market teams. You also have teams that have an insane tax bracket, like a a tax um, um, rebate. You have teams in California that are paying upwards of 50% state tax, okay? The players pay, you know... The teams are paying 50% state tax. And then you have others that are paying 38, like teams in Florida and, and, and uh, I think Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, PD, you, you'll 
probably better off to be able to tell me that Alberta, they don't have, they don't have, uh, you know, do you get what I'm saying? Provincial tax. Provincial tax. Yeah. The teams are not on the same playing field. I get what you're saying. I've thought about this. Now, do you think NHL teams should have basically individual taxes for certain teams so everybody's on the same playing field? No, I think that's something that the, they should need to put in the CBA. Like, I think the league needs to do something to, to balance that off. Like, if you're a star player and, and you can go and play in Tampa, um, see, that's a bad example when you say Tampa, Buffalo, especially, you know, if you want to factor in weather and performance of the team. But, well, listen, but let's just I say mean, Buffalo's weather, in first place. Let's just weather, say Buffalo's go. Let's just say Buffalo's in first place and Tampa's in dead last. Okay. A star player might not go to Buffalo or Toronto or any of these places because the taxes are so high. Yes. Like New York state, you know, you go to Ontario, uh, you know, Canada, anywhere in Canada. Right. But that's something that I think they need to balance off in the collective bargaining agreement and, and basically, you know, help teams in that regard. I mean, like, so if you're, if you're a team like uh, Toronto, let's say, maybe you should get a little bit more cap space because of the taxes to have to pay the guy, the difference from what he's going to make in Toronto or Buffalo versus what he'd make in Tampa or with the Panthers. Right. And I'm using Florida, for example, because everyone talks about no state tax, no state tax. Right. Well, because it can, it on big contracts like that, it can be, it could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, now the average Joe, like myself or anybody else listening is going to sit here and they're going to say, well, I don't empathize for someone who makes a decision with that much money based on state taxes or no state taxes or whatever. But I mean, like it is what it is, but yeah, to, to however you mathematically equate it, there should be some kind of, um, assistance for teams that are in the higher tax bracket, either provinces or states like California and cost of living too, for some of these places for to, to, to go and acquire players in my own personal opinion, because they are not Montreal. They are not on even playing field. You get paid, you get taxed like 52%, 54%. So if you're making a million dollars, you're getting, you're losing 54% of that contract. If you're in, if you're in Florida, the taxes there are 38%. The amount of money you're saving on a million dollars is extreme. 150, $180,000 difference by signing the exact same contract in one city to the next. So you have, you have teams like Florida, not only do they say, listen, come on and sign down to Florida. The, the, the way of living, the lifestyle is incredible. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Come on down here. This is where you want to play. Oh, by the way. Okay. You're, you're asking for $10 million on the market. Well, Come and sign for $8 million with Tampa Bay or Florida because that's like you signing for 10 and a half in New York. So not only 
not only does the team, let's say the Buffalo Sabres are in a situation where they're, they're, they're fighting with a, you know, in a bidding war with a team from Florida, Tampa Bay, just for an example, I mean, they're going to have to pay $11.5 million because number one, Buffalo is Buffalo. Now, if you, if you love the lifestyle of, of what Buffalo offers, I think there's a lot more players in the league that would rather play in Florida and live that lifestyle opposed to coming to Buffalo or Edmonton or Calgary or, or Winnipeg, right? Teams are not on the same. So, so teams in Tampa who have a completely different state tax get to basically sign players for lower than their market value because they're going to make just as much or more by, by signing there. And now their salary cap is lower and they can, they can budget things better. Well, I think the whole salary cap thing obviously isn't going to go anywhere, but it needs to be completely revisited with how it, how it's done, uh, how it's circumvented. And, you know, like there are teams hundred percent. I love this conversation that have, advantages simple as that you know and there are teams that are at at serious disadvantages you know it doesn't help you know what doesn't help a team here let's use this team for example the new york islanders if they're not good do you think they have a chance of of retracting players free players you know zero chance zero it's the same as the same as the sabers like you know for an example what what player in the league is going to want to come to the sabers the taxes are high. Okay. New York state taxes are high and the team has not been successful for a large number of years. So everything that they do is not going to unrestricted free agency and trying to sign guys. Cause no one wants to come here. The only way you're going to come to Buffalo is if you're in 2005, 2006, 2006, 2007, where you guys were legitimately one of the top teams in the national hockey league. That's when players want to come. And until you reach that standard, Buffalo is going to have a really hard time bringing in players. Unless you're Kevin Adams, unless you're Kevin Adams, who I don't know how the hell it happened, but Taylor, uh, Taylor Hall. Well, wow, but he still still had an opportunity to, to they grab did what they did what they had to do and they overpaid yeah. him. Yeah, they, they overpaid they him. overpay him. Yeah, they overpaid him a lot. OK, they overpaid him a lot. Do you think he was an eight it was million a one year deal? It was, it was a one year. It was deal. a one year deal. He got, I think, a million dollars guaranteed. Um, and, you know, yeah, but I, I'm it was eight million. Was it not? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you did a one-year, you took a swing. And, and you know why you did that? That This all makes sense now. Do you know why you did that, though? Paid him $8 million, probably $2 million more than what he was really worth? Because you had to make Jack happy. Because Jack had just asked for a trade. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and that, was, that was the key to that. That was about Jack Eichel and trying to make him happy by making a splash and going and getting a star player to play alongside him so he wasn't alone simple as that they did it didn't work appears to them for trying but you're not going to get those kinds of deals all the time because you got to overpay guys look at skinner you couldn't even get skinner to sign a hometown discount with a team that he was having the best season of his career with yeah he still took him to the cleaners 
Nine million. Nine million for a guy that didn't deserve a cent more than seven. Period. End of story. He'll never, ever perform to a nine million dollar number. Ever. He's playing great. I yep. love what he's doing. If he's making seven and less. But still, I can't ever, I have a really hard time loving Skinner because of how much money he demanded to stay here. Simple. It's well, not his did, fault. Did Good for demand? him. Like, did he demand? Yes, he demanded. He of, yes, well, he listen. was leaving. He was leaving. It, he, he was, was an unrestricted free agent. So yes. I don't say he demanded. I just say that he, he, he probably flopped something on the table. Craig, and let me ask said, you something. Listen. Do you think Jeff Skinner gets $9 million anywhere else around the NHL if he walks out the door on July 1st? No, no. 100,000%. There's no okay. way making $9 million anywhere in this league. Okay. But we got him for nine. We got him for nine. Okay. So that's that. all I'm saying is you have to even pay your own guys internally more to stay. Simple as that, you know? Because that's just that's just what's happening here in Buffalo right now. Plain and simple. So anyway, anything else you want to add? No. I feel oh, like good. you've been I feel like I, I really kind of pissed you off at the start of the show. But no, not at all. Okay. Well, I tweeted out that uh Will Smith thing just through unacceptable or acceptable. And it'll be That'll very be interesting. interesting. It'll be very interesting to see to see the results of that. Thanks for tuning in. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. You can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.